Welcome, Troubadours. It is our first episode for Pride. What does Pride mean to you, Dave? What's that? What does Pride mean to you? It means liking who you are, feeling comfortable in your own skin. I like that. It's very nice. Pride to me means Pride! Today, Wolfie and I have a very serious Pride episode, right, Wolf? Right. Yeah, we're doing Harvey Milk, and we're doing Martin Luther King Jr., and we are doing... Well, we are comparing those two charts, but we are, I do, um, from the insistence of a friend who said, please bring up Bayard Rustin, I am, because some people may not know about Bayard Rustin, but he was a very big civil leader, and he was gay and black, so, you know, if you don't know about him, maybe you should. What do you think, Dave? Did you know about David Baird Rustin? I had never heard of him. I'm thinking of Aspirin because his name is Bayer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, didn't yeah, you... and that's exactly where, why we want to bring him into the limelight. Yeah. Did you mean he was a civil rights leader? Yeah, he's the one that helped. Martin I know. You said a civil leader, and I was wondering if you meant that. Oh, or... civil rights. I mean civil rights. Okay. <laughs> sure. Well, let's start with Harvey Milk. Um, Harvey Milk, I have so much to say about Harvey Milk. Wait, wait, before we do that, let me dedicate this episode to two people I know. Is that okay with you? Yeah. All right. One is named Angel and one is named Helena. They are two of my friends for the past 20 something years from NYC. They are both well, I would say they're both genderqueer, but no, Helen is more of the genderqueer goddess, as I call her. And Angel is gay and has two husbands and living that awesome gay man life with two husbands. Yeah. Now, they were both, in the 80s, students of the Harvey Milk School in New York City. And I know in our Keith and uh, Freddie episode, I had said how even in the 90s, it was hard to really come out in the 80s, it was harder, even in New York City. Yeah. These people beat up a lot of people and got beat up a lot. So this episode is for them. They're two of my closest friends ever. And Helena has been my mentor for 20 years. I want to be just as a kick-ass New York City punk as she is. All right. All right. So let's get on to Harvey Milk. And his first uh, focal point was Pluto. Okay. Um, yeah, so like Mixie was saying, Harvey Milk was a activist. He was, um, oh no, you were talking about the Bayard guy. Well, Harvey Milk was an activist. He was a gay rights activist. And um, <clears throat> in his chart, Pluto is what they call the focal point. 
a focal point in the chart is a planet that has a lot of aspects to it. So it becomes very strong and it becomes the focus of that person's life to a large degree, whatever the planet represents. Now, in the past, we've always been talking about Pluto as representing death. However, in this episode, we are talking about what made these people leaders. So Pluto also represents power, how your, your own inner power, the power you have over others, the power others have over you, the power society has over you. And Harvey Milk was speaking out against the powers of repression of homosexuals. Um, so to me, the Pluto focal point represents that. Yes. And I um, wanted to say, uh, when I was reading about Harvey's life, he really didn't start becoming a, a gay activist until he was 40. And we had talked about that, that when you hit your midlife transits, you know, what, what happens when you hit your midlife transits, Dave? Because I'm hitting yeah. mine now. Yeah. Everybody from about 41 to 44 um, goes through a series of three transits, the biggest one being Uranus opposing its natal position. And it's a time when people realize that they are, their life is almost half over and they question what they're doing with it and what they have done. And they ask themselves, have I accomplished what I want to accomplish? Am I doing what I want to be doing or what I feel I'm supposed to be doing? And if not, then the people make drastic changes in their lives so that they can become more in line with their, with their true self and with their true path. Yeah, and because I am going to be 42 in a few days, like I, I'm definitely in that transit of my life where, you know, quarantine forced me to stop being a massage therapist and I decided, fuck it, I'm going for my entertainment career and my storytelling career and I'm doing it. So um, Harvey had Harvey had a pretty tumultuous life, you know. He started out in Queens, and then he kept moving from, you know, Queens to Texas to uh, San Francisco, and he finally settled in San Francisco. And he owned Castro Camera there. And one particular day when he was getting harassed as a business owner saying that they, he owes them a $100 fee. He was pissed the fuck off and he went to the council and did a shit. And that's how he, that was his catalyst for getting involved in politics and especially for gay rights. I mean, Stonewall had happened in 68 and the first San Francisco gay pride parade was a certain day we'll talk about for yeah. next week's episode. Yes, we'll we'll keep that under under wraps for now. Under wraps. But let's start with Saturn and Capricorn, eleventh house opposing Pluto. Yes. That's a lot. Okay. Yeah. So Harvey had his Saturn in the eleventh house in Capricorn. Now Saturn represents authority. It also represents your ethics or your values, what you feel is right and wrong. 
And it's in Capricorn, which Saturn rules Capricorn, so it makes it very strong because when a planet is in the sign it rules, it makes it a lot stronger. So this was Harvey's feeling of wanting to speak out and wanting to take action for gay rights because that was you know, what he valued. That's what he thought was right or needed to be right, needed to be changed in society. Also the 11th house, is important because the 11th house represents organizations and large groups of people. So he wanted to change this aspect of society. Saturn is also one of the society planets along with Jupiter, it represents how you fit into society and how society sees you. So <clears throat> he had all that going for him. However, again, Pluto was there to create a lot of challenge for him because it's opposing it. So he wanted to speak out and take action, but I think there was some fear because he was afraid of the repercussions like most gay people were back then. But he deserves a lot of credit for, um, you know, taking action despite his fear. Yeah, of course. And he did go through a lot of shit being gay in the in what the 60s 70s 50s even um you know he got arrested multiple times for public sex in new york and at the castro uh real quickly i just want to give a brief history of castro in san francisco um castro is a very important castro street is a very important um area for the homosexual civil rights I'm sorry, LGBTQIA. I, I, I have a problem with saying homosexual, sorry. I know people don't care about that word, but I'm, I'm gonna say LGBTQ. Um, there is a series of books that I really want to recommend to you. They are by an author called Armistead Maupin. They started in 1976 about gay life in San Francisco. You may have heard of Tales of the City because both PBS and Netflix have made their own adaptations of it. The books really give you an insight to what life was like for gay life from the 70s and 80s in, on that West Coast. And, you know, Armistead Maupin has been a big gay uh, icon for a long time. So I definitely recommend those books for anyone. Castro Street is very important to the gay rights. But uh, let's go on to Mari's and Mari's. It's Mari's and Ares. Yes. Mari's and Ars. Ares. Mari's and Ars. Square Pluto, Dave. Mari's and his Ars. <laughs> He's got Mars and his Ars, Wolfie. Aye. Aye. All right. Well, so another thing Harvey had was. His Mars was in the sign of Aries and again squaring Pluto. So Mars was his, um, his sense of self and his sense of being who he was uh, and defending who he was, not allowing other people to make him feel bad about who he was. Mars is your, your self-protection and it's your setting up of boundaries. And so he needed to change this. He wanted to change this for society and for himself. He wanted there to be boundaries so gay people could not be killed or beaten up or fired from their jobs or whatever. 
And it was very strong because it's in Aries and Mars rules Aries. And Aries is, is uh, the sign of the warrior, among other things. So he had this real strong desire to fight for the right to be who he was and to express who he was and for everyone else to express who he was. But once again, squaring Pluto. So I'm sure he had a lot of struggles with that. But again, I give him credit because in the end, he overcame all of that Pluto bullshit and, you know, spoke, spoke out for what was right. And Pluto still got him in the end. That's true. Pluto got him in the end because Pluto is death and somebody killed him. Dan White killed him. If you guys but didn't at least, know. At least when he was using his Pluto positively, he had a lot of power to draw on, a lot of personal power that allowed him to push through a lot of he his did. opposition. He did a lot. And yeah. again, in, in next week's episode, we're going to talk about something that he did uh, that has changed the life of everyone since 1978. <laughs> I can't tell you yet. I so want to tell people uh, about next week's episode. That year seems strangely important. I, I wonder what happened on June 25th, 1978. I can't imagine, but it seems it's just in the back It's not an important day, really. Yes, it is. At least that's what my boyfriend told me. <laughs> well, I'm telling but you. But he was joking. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Yesterday he was like, so, you know, June 25th, you know, nothing's happening that day. So we can do whatever you want. I'm like, oh, okay, babe. <laughs> um, a bit more, uh, I wanted to say, look, people, especially in this same age, if you are thinking of getting into civil action or public policy, you know, getting into politicianism, fucking do politics? it. What? You mean politics? Yeah. I like making up words, okay? Let me make up my words. That's funny. Politicianism. I like it. Politicianism. Yeah. Yo, I will add ism to everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait. I just wanted to say one more thing. Oh, yeah, um, I got a call from my town's mayor's aide the other day asking if I would like to, you know, support. So next year, you might be in my town and there'll be a motherfucking pride parade because there isn't, I'll be pissed. But anyway, okay. all right, Davey Wolf, we are up to Uranus and Aries Square Pluto. Okay, so Uranus is also in, in Aries, it's not close enough to Mars to be conjunct, but that doesn't really matter. Uranus is fighting for liberty, fighting to be free of things that oppress you. And so once again, and it's in Aries, so once again, that pushed him to fight against the forces of oppression of gay people, himself and others. Um, but again, it's a very strong energy. Uranus is a very strong energy. And like, if you don't, if it's telling you, you need, you need to be free of this and you don't listen to it, it makes your life very tense and strained. So 
it's squaring Pluto, just like Mars. So he had opposition, but again, he came through and did, did the work. So, yeah. yeah. And um, now I, we want, I want to say, I typed in all caps, gay warrior. And fuck uh -huh. yes, he was. And then Dave would like to bring up an example about that, about how when Harvey Milk was starting his gay warrior, how, you know, the opposition tried to get him down. But Dave has a fantastic example of how um, change starts, even if you're the scapegoat changing it. And we're going to talk right now. Dave's going to talk about a bit about Lenny Bruce. Yes, yeah, so Lenny Bruce is one of my heroes. He was a comedian in the 1950s and early 60s. And back then, you didn't say anything bad about the institutions in life. You didn't say anything bad about the church. You didn't say anything bad about the police force. You didn't say anything bad about the government, et cetera, et cetera. Lenny Bruce did all of those things. He did, and he made them funny as shit. What he did was he was a whistleblower. He was telling the truth about the injustices in society, but he was saying them in a funny way. But he was persecuted constantly by the police. He was arrested, I don't know how many times. He was arrested maybe like 10 times, five to 10 times he was arrested. And... Um, you know, nobody ever, uh, nobody ever listened to his point of view. Nobody ever saw him as a social commentator. They just persecuted him. And he got into drugs and he died of an overdose in the early 60s. Some people think it was a conspiracy. I really don't know about that. But, you know, he paid the price because at the end, he didn't have any money left. And he was just living this, this, this terrible life where just a few years before that, he was on the top, you know? He was like one of the top paid comedians, but he wanted to tell the truth and he wanted to speak out against injustice. So if it wasn't for Lenny Bruce, we wouldn't have anybody like George Carlin or any mm -hmm. comedian who speaks out, who is, is a social commentator, and speaks out in, against injustice. You, you have to have one person stand up, like David and Goliath. You have to have one person say, fuck it, Nobody's, nobody, everybody's afraid to, to tell the truth. I'm gonna tell the truth. And Harvey Milk was like that, and Lenny Bruce was like that, and we wouldn't have the freedoms we have today if it weren't for people like that. No, we wouldn't. So guys, when you see your Goliath, you fucking Dave that shit. <laughs> <laughs> so let's uh let's see sun conjunct mercury square neptune in the seventh the house right. of relationships okay so let's see sun and mercury conjunct mercury um his neptune is in the seventh yes neptune is a planet that often is a martyr that often puts other people before itself. And it's in the seventh house, which is the house of relationships. 
So I didn't really know what Harvey's relationships were like, but I get the feeling that he had a hard time possibly having an intimate relationship with just one person because he wanted to do and, you know, to do right and um, help, you know, large groups of people. He wanted to bring love to large groups of people. So he may have had it, uh, a trouble just having love with one person. It's just a speculation. Um, so it may not be true because I don't know anything about his life and his, and his, you know, his love life, but that's my speculation. Well, I had read uh, that he had a lot of trouble coming out and, you know, he had lots of lovers, but I think he was one of those closeted gay men who just didn't want to make waves at first until there was that breaking point, you know? Uh -huh. You just have to come out with it and be like, fuck it. I don't care what people think. I'm standing up for my fucking rights. And I felt at first he was projecting his fears onto that. He didn't want to get involved. And then something snapped for him. And I don't yeah. fucking blame him. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, how about we go over to Martin Luther King Jr., who is okay. very important, especially in this case. Um, just a little bit about his... Um, I, I wrote down a few points that I wanted to bring out to, to kind of show you a little bit about his upbringing and stuff. Um, by age 13... Uh, Martin Luther King had two suicide attempts, one because he slid down a banister and thought he killed, I think, a cousin. And there was another question, there was another part where he stepped outside to join a parade he wasn't allowed to go to. And while that was happening, his grandmother had passed away. So both those instances, he defenestrated himself. And when... He heard their, his loved ones were fine. He was fine. Hmm. Can you imagine defenestrating yourself twice when you're a kid and not dying? No. That man needed to live. Yeah. But that I mean, shows how much he cared about people. Exactly. And his inner urge uh, decide, with, decided to become a rational minister meaning how he wanted to spread the gospel, you know? So you think him becoming a minister came out of those experiences? I think so, too, because he was raised in a religious household. And, you know, the Jim Crow laws at the time were just stifling to black yeah. people. And once Claudette Coleman and Roma Parks, uh, well, he helped lead the 1955 bus boycott under Nixon. Oh, really? I once, yeah, once Claudette Coleman and Rosa Parks defied that shit, good for them, girl power. Yeah. Uh, Martin Luther That's King took it upon part. himself to lead the 1955 bus boycott, and he had Nixon's support, from what I read. He had Nixon's support? 
Yeah, it says under Nixon, meaning like I don't think Nixon got in his way. Oh, well, that's one good thing we could say about Nixon. Yeah, right. I mean, the thing about Nixon is he was just a paranoid motherfucker. He he yeah, signed he environmental laws in 64 that yeah. the Republicans since then have tried to destroy. Right. He you did know? do some good things in retrospect compared to the who we have in office right now, who I won't mention, who we've had, the people we've had in office for the last 10, 15 years. When you compare them to Nixon, Nixon did some pretty good things, even though yeah. he like you said, he was Nixon a paranoid. Wasn't as, I mean, he's infamous for history, but yeah, every president does something good, and I even mean the newest one. Um, he raised. That. I mean, I'm sure it wasn't all his idea, but he did raise the smoking age to 21, and that made me happy. All right, that's something. I'll give him that. Yeah, I'll give him that. That's about it, though. That's about it. By the way, guys, July 9th, uh, we have a birthday present for our content creator, Morgan. Uh, I'll just tell you the name of the episode. It's called Cult 45. Uh, examine that how you will. It's going to be a very controversial episode. I'm probably not going to list who it's about. But July 9th, stay tuned for that one because I'm very excited about that. Well, let's go back. Let's start with Martin. The first thing we have is his Pluto is in Cancer and Harvey Milks was too, which means they kind of fought the powerless. Uh, blah. They fought the power for the powerless. Yes. Why don't you explain pontificate on that, Dave? I will pontificate. I love when you pontificate. Four score and seven years ago. No. That's the wrong speech. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well no they i noticed they both had pluto and cancer and you know pluto as i said represented power and if it represents their power it means that they wanted to give a lot of people their power back because cancer represents nurturing and taking care of people and fighting for them and fighting for them to be who they are. So they both had their Plutos in, in, in that same sign. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Then the next one we have down here is Pluto aspecting his sun and his moon. So- What does that mean? Well, that means that again, Pluto was a big part of his life. It was very strong. Your sun and moon both represent yourself. Your sun represents your conscious self. Your moon represents your unconscious self. And so what that tells me uh, is that he felt very strongly the powers of oppression, of racism that were going on in society. Um, and they affected him very strongly on a personal level and on a larger collective level. I mean, everybody knows that. I don't even have to say that, but it's there in his chart, so. Yeah. Yeah. And now sun conjunct midheaven in Capricorn. Yes. So um, Saturn is rules Capricorn. 
And we talked about Saturn representing your personal values and your ethics. And he, uh, Martin Luther King had his son in Capricorn. So he had a very strong sense of ethics and a very strong sense of right and wrong. And your midheaven, his son is conjunct his midheaven. Your midheaven is the top point of your chart. And that represents your true path in life, your dharma, what you're put here to do. So it tells me he was put here to fight for the rights of his people. And not and just anybody who He considered no. people humans. Yes. You know, he wanted to build bridges between black and white. And we had discussed that that was he was here to do this whole time. Right. You know, but fucking white people. <laughs> what do you think? Why don't you we burn a cross instead of have peace? Fuckers. Do you know what that means, burning a cross? What? No, I'm asking if you know, because I don't know. Well, no, they used to burn crosses on... I know, it just seems like a stupid thing to do. Like, what's that It's fucking mean? stupid! Here's a bunch of white Christians just burning the symbol of their Jesus person. Well, they did like, a lot worse than that. Where is that in the revival? I, I'm not a Bible person, because it's just a fucking storybook. Yeah. Like Harry Potter. I hope that pisses people, Bible people off. <laughs> like, if I'm going to follow any book, it's probably going to be like Princess Bride. <laughs> okay, Mitchell, did you, want to talk to, did you want to talk about how his father... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do want to talk about MLK's father. Um, so his life mission was bigger than his ego. Martin Luther King was selfless and following his path. And I personally call him a modern day Moses. And I think that's very true. You know, he came, I mean, in the Where's the Dream speech, you said that was their part you love, um, coming from the mountain. What was that part? Um, something about standing at the top of the mountain. Yeah. And um, seeing, uh, seeing a, a, a different world where white, black and white, you know, live together in harmony. Yeah. And I that to that me was. is his Moses speech. Yeah. I could be wrong about that though. No. I and I'm not, you know wrong. what? I take that back. I don't say a modern day Moses. Cause again, Moses is a fairy tale. It's a legend, mythology. Martin Luther King was the Moses. You know, he's a real Moses, not a storybook Moses. Okay. And his father urged, I mean, there was a point when he was a kid, when he was facing all this racial inequality, where he went to his dad and said, I hate white people. And his father urged him to love everyone at an early age. And that's kind of like my parents, you know. There's no difference. It's all human, you know? I was, just, I was raised the same way. Exactly. And so I think that was great that his father was such a good inspiration for him and his yeah. work. And now we have Saturn in Sagittarius, square moon in Pisces, and trine Neptune. Okay, Whoa. so 
basically that just reiterates what you just said because Saturn can often represent the father and he has a Saturn in Sagittarius, which is Sagittarius is a very open-minded egalitarian type of energy. Um, it's all inclusive. Nobody gets left out with Sagittarius. Sagittarius is very open-minded. Um, and it's trining, which is an easy aspect, Neptune. And Neptune is selfless universal love, love for all mankind. So that basically just symbolizes what you just said. Yeah, exactly. It's all about humans. For me, it's about human. I don't know about MLK. It was about humanity. I think it's more about humanity with him. You know? Well, I'm sure he didn't want to see anybody oppressed, but I mean, you know, he worked for his people the most because they were being oppressed the most. Yeah. And just so you know, just for a little history shock, if you didn't know, we will be having Jewish episodes, guys. I mean, you know, we're going to include every repressed people. Don't you said Jewish episodes? Yeah. Oh. We have a Jewish episode, don't we? I don't know, do we? We have three different Jewish episodes. We have the one with your cousin, your famous cousin. Oh, we right. have a Nazi serial killer episode. And then we have Cult 45 which I'm not going to say what Nazis were comparing. <laughs> okay. So we have Nazi episodes. We do. They're going to be well, fun. I guess those are Jewish episodes, but they seem more... Oh, yeah. Episodes. But what I wanted to say about MLK, which a lot of people don't know, is that Anne Frank died the same year. And I want you to think about that. I want you to really regard that to civil rights freedom fighters and what they went through to get their message across and they are both timeless. We will never forget them. You want to hear a funny story though? Sure. I asked uh, my boyfriend I'm like we'll get to go to the we'll go to Highland and see the you know all the art and the Van Eyck's and the we see the Holocaust museum, not the Holocaust museum. Can we go to Anne Frank's house? And he was like, yeah. I'm like, can we make out in Frank Anne Frank's house? And he's like, no. <laughs> but I'm like, but baby, that is it's part creepy. of my history. I want to kiss you in it. <laughs> that is kind of creepy. I want to go to the basement where they hid the soap and shit and kiss there. Okay, so Mixie, if I could just be a little bit pedantic here. <laughs> um, Please do. Yes. Anne Frank technically was not really an activist. However, her oh, and her... sorry. No, 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 don't be sorry. I mean, she spoke out for well, well, what me... was going on. Well, the thing is that when her diary was discovered and printed... Um, it was inspiring to so many people because here's this young girl who is hiding from people who want to kill her for no reason, but yet she kept her faith in humanity and she kept her joy and didn't let it, you know, destroy her. And that's, I think, what inspires people so much about Anne Frank's diary. Well, it definitely inspired me because yeah. of all the shit I went through and I've stayed positive. Robin, you know, 42 years almost, and yeah, I'm still here, you know. Yep. 
but that was depressing. Let's go to Venus and Pisces. Okay. So Martin had his Venus and Pisces. And Venus is your capacity to love. And it's in Pisces, which again is love for the entire human race. So having his Venus in Pisces just shows me that he had so much love. He wanted everyone to feel loved in the world and everyone to feel accepted. Don't we all? Hmm? Don't we all? Yes. And um, I wrote something about protests. And I don't know which protest it well, was. Well, I didn't. Um, we also have some, another astrological thing, his Saturn trining Jupiter. All right, let's do that. Maybe well, that's why I wrote that note. I jumped ahead. Sorry. That's okay. Saturn uh, trining Jupiter. Yeah, so as I said before, Saturn and Jupiter are both the, um, the social, the, uh, the society plans, the plans that represent the larger society. And he has them both um both aspecting each other with an easy aspect which is a trine which meant he has like a natural charisma people naturally gravitated towards him his place in society was a very positive one um because there was no conflict between his desire to follow the rules and his desire to change the rules Following the rules is Saturn, changing the rules is Jupiter, and he had a good balance with that. That's one of the That's reasons it. I think he was nonviolent, because he saw that as a way to satisfy both of those things. So that's Yeah, I think during certain protests, the Birmingham Police Department, led by Eugene Bull Connor, used high pressure water jets and police dogs against protesters, including children. Yeah, that happened. You see something like that, that's going to light a fire under your ass. Yeah, and I think that wasn't the only time it happened. I think it happened in many places. I'm sure, in the 50s and 60s. Like from 55 to 68, Martin Luther King was a warrior. Yes. And um, now let's get to his Mars opposing Saturn. Yes, he had Mars opposite Saturn. Um, and this tells me that there was a lot of aggression uh, directed at him uh, because Mars represented his integrity. And it's in Sagittarius, so it also represents his desire to change the status quo. Mars, however, is aggression, and uh, it's in in Gemini. And Gemini often doesn't look at things closely. Um, It just skims the surface. So I think... No, that wasn't for you. I'm sorry. I was giving a... Fingered in a motorcycle passing my house, fucking up my recording. I thought you were giving me the signal to stop. No, I was giving the signal to the motorcycle to stop being a fucking douchebag. Well, I didn't hear it, so it probably won't show up on the recording. All right, good. Anyway, I just wanted to say that I think that, you know, the powers that be 
did not really see what was in Martin Luther King's heart and what he really wanted. They didn't understand that he wanted equality for white and black. They were just afraid that he was going to set the angry blacks and whites to beat them up or whatever. So that's what I get from Mars opposite Saturn. A lot of it yeah. was directed at him, but that's because he was misunderstood by the uh, by the white people who uh, you know More still have some going on. Just again, people, I'm only half white. So fuck whitey. <laughs> I mean, Dave and I both grew up from the most liberal people. Yeah. You know, so. Oh, yeah. But I, I just don't get hate. I'm not trying to soapbox, but when I was a kid, I was never taught to hate. And I don't understand at all why a lighter skinned race would give a fuck or feel threatened from a darker skinned race. You know what that means, people? Can I just say something about skin color? It's fucking melanin. The reason your skin is light or dark because according to your heritage, if you were born closer to the equator, you need to absorb the sun more. And a lot of African, Trinidad, Tobago, Haitian, Cameroon, wherever you find dark-skinned people, Central America, the dark Latinos, they're dark. Because they can take the sun. Because they, they needed their skin to be protected from their skin to be protected from the sun. Exactly. Oh, you uh, you white people see how you burn easily. Guess yeah. what? People like, like me or other Spanish, dark, whatever, Filipino, Asian. You're pretty you low. You gotta use so. sunscreen. So that's all fucking skin color is, assholes. But you know what, Mixie, you're pretty light for Latina. I never would have guessed you were part. Oh, I'm the whitest fucking Latina ever. Yeah. And I just wanted to say also, when I was a child and there was racism yeah. going on, if people were being racist, I never understood it. It just, it confused me. I, I didn't know what it was. I didn't understand it. I totally agree. I, I yeah. never got hate. I got hate growing up from school for being a weirdo, but I remember in elementary school once, I was pretty proud. I was raised reformed Jewish. After my bat mitzvah, you know, I stopped religion. I went my own path, but I'm still very proud to be culturally Jewish. And one time in elementary school, an Orthodox Jew and I were talking and He goes, you're not Jewish. I'm like, what are you talking about? She goes, your mom's not Jewish. I'm like, that's a thing, you know? It is, unfortunately. Tell that to my Bob Mitzvah video on VHS, (laughs) bitches. What? That was funny. funny. Tell that to my Bob Mitzvah video. Yeah, right? That's hilarious. I mean, and again, people, after my bat mitzvah, my friend just wanted to give me a base of religion. My parents, not my friends. And they said, you could be whatever you want. And that's what I did. I'm a witch. 
no organized religion. Don't ever call me a fucking Wiccan. No offense to Wiccans. Ban the witch! Ban the witch! And then, one time in high school, I there was a Puerto Rican kid there, and I was like, oh, hey, I'm Puerto Rican too, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, you're not Puerto Rican, you're not brown. Mm. Really, people? Really? Let me tell you something that you may not know. Spanish people, we come in every fucking color. Yes, because Spain, just like England and France, went out and colonized the entire rest of the world. Exactly. And the first people that Christopher Columbus encountered were the Taginos, who are the Spanish descendants. He didn't land in Native America Midwest. He landed on a port people. So the first people he attacked were the islanders. So yeah. technically, I'm Native American and half a European immigrant. <laughs> yeah. I like that. But anyway, I want to get to Bayard Rustin. Yes. I wrote a few things about Bayard Rustin. Please bear with me. I just, there they were important thoughts I wanted to get out. Um, Bayard Rustin was an openly gay civil rights activist. He led marches in 1941, 41 people. He was never scared to be open about his sexuality and he was a most, yeah, he was arrested multiple times for it. 53 arrests. And you know what he did? He helped bring the LGBT into the light. And he was talking to Martin Luther King and Martin Luther King had said to him, you know, I'm going to be armed. There's a gun in my house. I'm going to carry a gun on me. And armed is the only way to go. And Bayard Rustin looked at Martin Luther King and said, no violence. And then taught, proceeded to teach him about the teachings of Gandhi. His name is, wait, is Mohandas? Yes, the title Mahatma. or Mahatmas is the title. Mahatma was the title. Mohandas was his name. Mahatmas Mohandam Karachandam Gandhi. Now, we were going to put Gandhi in this episode until I realized about Bayard Rustin, because Bayard Rustin is really the person who brought about Gandhi's principles to Martin Luther King, which in turn help Martin Luther King bring Gandhi's principles into his teachings. Um, and I also wrote, he also argued that the African-American community was threatened by the appeal of identity politics, particularly the rise of black power. Yeah. He thought this position was a fantasy of middle-class Black people that repeated the political and moral errors of previous Black nationalists, huh. while alienating the white allies needed by the African-American community. That's very There's a lot of smart... I'm amazed that he uh, was able to do this at such an early, you know, in like the 40s and 50s. I'm exactly. amazed that he did it so early. He did, and he was a really brave freedom fighter. Yes. Um, 
he was also a Jewish nationalist. So he's a Sammy Davis Jr. kind of guy. He was Jewish? Yeah, he had a very different attitude towards Jewish nationalism and was unflaggingly supportive of Zionism. Oh. And it was a time when Soviet Jews weren't letting Jews leave at the time of the former Soviet Union. You had said something about that. Because it was because of the Soviet Union. He wanted them to be able to leave and go to Israel. Yeah, for their birthright. Right. That's the Zion, that's where the Zionism comes in. And um, the last note I have is he's the Saturn. MLK Sr. is the main inspiration. So when we're talking about inspirations from Martin Luther King, uh, Bayard Rustin and Martin Luther King Sr. were really the ones who shaped him, helped shape him, who he became and what he fought for. Truly amazing men. And that should never be erased from history or their struggles. We should constantly be learning about this. Yeah, I agree. It doesn't actually all we have. Wait, what? It hasn't ended. Racism is still here. It is. Not just black people, Spanish, Jews, Asians. And it's coming out more than ever. More than ever. And then not just this fucked up country and all the other fucked up countries. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I, I used to massage a Indian family and they had told me when they visited India, they not only separated the women and the men on the trains, but they separated you by the lightness, the darkness of your skin. Yeah, Indian India's always been like that. They've always had a caste system. Yeah, and you know, maybe we will have a uh, conversation about Gandhi one day to do it, you know? Uh-huh. I think that would be a good idea. But otherwise, we're actually done for this episode. Yes, Is there anything you'd like to talk about before we uh, sign um, off? No, I think we covered it pretty well. <clears throat> they were well, both activists who fought for the rights and freedom of people who were oppressed. They both had very powerful, uh, not enemies, but powerful opposition. They both had powerful opposition that they had to um, deal with and they both lost their lives for it. They both sacrificed their lives so that the rest of society could be more free. So that's probably like the most noble thing you can do, at least in my opinion. I agree. This has been a really nice episode. This is our serious pride episode, guys. But next year, it's going to be a lit. Um, Should we introduce our next episode? I'm really too excited. I don't want to hold in the surprise. Can I just say? It's up to you. You're the one. It doesn't matter to me. Okay, guys. I was conceived during the summer of Sam. I was. <laughs> Remember when uh, everybody watched Mindhunter for a half minute? For that hot minute, rather? And uh, when I got to the Berkowitz episode, 
real quick, when I was a kid in New York, Berkowitz scared the shit out of me, even though he was already in jail. Uh, when I was a kid, we used to hear horror stories about him, like he'd shoot you through your car. And maybe when I was three, four, five, whatever, I just remember being so scared that I was going to get shot through my car. Um, when Mindhunter was a thing and Berserker came, Berserker, whoa, son of Sam, Berkowitz, yeah. <laughs> Berserker, my love boy, Berkowitz the Berserker. like a truck berserker. <laughs> <laughs> so I had started reading about Berkowitz's bio and I noticed that he got arrested in August of 1977. And I immediately called my mom and said, hey, mom, you conceived me during the summer of Sam. She's like, how did you know that? I'm like, I read that he got arrested in August of 77. Guess what? Nine, 10 months later is from that. And there I am, the son of Sam, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. What was my point here? Um, you were going to talk about the next episode. Oh, yeah, the next episode. My my big preface into the next episode. Right. Anyway, people, I was born June 25th, 1978 at 8.46 a.m. You know what else was born then? And I did a little creative birth timing for this because... In 1978, the San Francisco Gay Pride Parade, commissioned by Harvey Milk by Gilbert Baker to make the original eight-stripe pride flag and to fly at that parade. Now, I'm guessing when you take a flag out for a parade, it's around noon, it might fly. So we use the birth time as 12 for the pride flag and we compared it to me because technically the fried flag flew 14 minutes after I was born. And I, I just, we looked it up. We did our charting work on it already. And it turns out that I, I'm pretty close to the human embodiment of the pride flag. And it's my birthday. So I'm going to have a lot. We're going to have a lot of fun. And I am going to mention George Michael and Anthony Bourdain, who are also both born on June 25th. And I am going to give a little insight into the week of the June 25th birthday. But that'll all be next week. So anyway, Troubadours, what? Can I say something before you go off? Yes, please. You're lucky to have that happen on your birthday. Guess what happened on my birthday? What happened on your birthday? The Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor. Oh, that's right. You're December seventh. <laughs> yeah. You're fucking D Day. Uh, no, D Day was later in the. Oh, D Day. That was when the Allies invaded Europe. Oh, okay. Yeah, that. What else? Mine is Pearl Harbor Day. Oh, you're Pearl Harbor Day. Okay. Yeah. And you know, I know we have a. Um, a feature episode about somebody fighting for the Japanese internment camps too. Oh yeah, yeah, we do. I forget. Yeah, that so was. that'll come up too because I definitely wanted to talk about the Japanese internment. No, camps. that might have been one of the people 
in the episode we just did. It might have been Bayard or, yeah. Oh, Bayard. Might have been Bayard who did that. So well, now you're about. making me look like I don't know much. <laughs> no. I'm just kidding. It's something you talked teasing. about and you left it out of the notes. So. I did. I know. I'm just kidding. Yeah, well, Bayard Rustin also fought for the Japanese internment camps, just so you know. We think. And we think. Yeah. <laughs> we think well, that's it. We are so happy to bring you this episode. And if there's one thing I love during the month of June, it's being prideful. Again, I am a mama ally. And if you ever need to talk, you contact me because I will hug the shit out of you. So that was me, Mixie well, Plum, and my Wolfie Davy Wolf. And thank you, Troubadours, for another episode of Podcast. <coughs> Davy, you're the greatest. Oh, I love you, Davy. Love you too, Mixie.